Hey, this is Miles Hunter. I'm the pastor of TC3 Students, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message helps you connect to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and gives you the courage to live out your faith in your homes, schools, and community. Enjoy today's message. Hi, guys. Um, My name is Avery. Guys, I'm so proud of our worship team. They truly are one of the most talented and like worshipful student worship teams I've ever been a part of. Um, And they are really, really amazing. So love you guys. You guys are so proud of you guys. Um, I know you guys all recognize me because I get in your faces and tell you guys to clap and stuff. And (laughs) you guys are staring at me with such blank stares. It's kind of uncomfortable. So I'm gonna tell you guys some more about me so I'm not just the girl that's jumping in your face all the time. Um, I truly do love you guys. I have a heart for you guys. I just joined the TC3 staff um, probably about two months ago. I moved here from Denver, Colorado. I'm not from there, so don't embarrass me like that. I only lived there for like eight months. Originally, I'm from Texas, so I'm a Texas girl through and through. Um, I have a picture of my hometown. Look how gross that is. Isn't that embarrassing? So guys, I moved to the beach. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be living on the beach, because this is where I'm from. This is Midland, Texas. And it's home, I guess. Uh, My family still lives there. I have a really amazing family. Um, I know that's not the case for everybody, so I'm very, very blessed. Uh, My mom, my dad, and my brother, Evan. Um, I grew up in church. I grew up, I went to a private school growing up. I have a picture of Dora the Explorer here. So, yeah, I peaked there in that picture. It's just been downhill ever since, so. And the next picture is me and my brother when we were babies. Oh, isn't he the cutest? Yeah, he's way cuter than I was, so. And then the next picture is my family, all of us now. Um, So, yeah, they're great. Love my parents so much. They still live in Texas, so I'm very far away from home, but I get to see them in a couple days, which is exciting. I did have a different growing up like situation than a lot of my friends did because when my brother was three, he was actually diagnosed with autism, which kind of shook my family a little bit um, and kind of made it pretty difficult on on us like as we grew up, like going into public, like tantrums and, and, you know, sensory overload for him. It was just horrible. Like, you know, you think about when you have a kid and when you have a little brother like throwing football in the yard and helping him with girl problems and things of that sort when they grow up and and those kind of things kind of just came crashing down. Um, But God is so faithful. Um, Evan is one of the biggest blessings in my life. And I remember looking back um, and seeing God's hand over his life, even when I didn't know God. Um, and so I'm very thankful for him. And, and even though that he is a little bit different than the rest of us, um, God definitely has a plan for his life and is working incredibly big things through him. So love that guy. Um, like I said, I never really had my own experience with God. Like I'd see, you know, we'd like pray for my brother and like it would come to pass and be like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. But I never really had my own experience with God. Um, I learned about him in school. Like I said, I went to a Christian private school, so like we literally had Bible classes and chapel every day. So I learned about God in school. I learned about him in church. Um, but words like relationship and prayer and intimacy, those were all just like textbook terms to me. 
um, churchy Christianese terms um, that we even throw around here all the time that some of you guys might be like, all right, cut the bull crap. I, was, I felt the same way growing up. I even remember um, when I was a senior in high school, I was about to graduate and they were doing like a senior recognition thing. And we filled out like a questionnaire. They were going to read it out and honor the seniors. And one of the questions was, what's your favorite Bible verse? And I literally had to pull out Google and search up favorite Bible verses because I just didn't know anything about the Bible in my own life as far as how it impacted me from a relational standpoint. Um, Going through middle school and high school, I began to search. Um, I began to search for something exciting something that would bring some spunk to my life as this boring little uh, sheltered Christian girl. Um, kind of the environment that I grew up in in my school was very like competitive. Um, all the girls were like cutthroat. I'm sure you guys don't know anything about that. Um, but like cutthroat mean, like whoever's at the top is, you know, number one. And that was my goal was to get to the top. And I started dating a guy I met online when I was in eighth grade, and I was the first girl in my friend group to have a boyfriend, so kind of beat everybody else out on that one, except it came with a really big cost. Um, this relationship turned totally disastrous after my parents found out about it, and they helped me understand how exploiting and manipulative and inappropriate the nature of that relationship was, but something about that, like, I don't know, that high of like feeling special to somebody or like hiding it from my parents was kind of exciting. Something about that like just gave me a fire in my butt that I really wanted to pursue for some reason. Um, so between um, the ages 12 and 17, I started searching for something um, to give me the same high. And I look back on my life now and I see God's gracious hand of protection over me because I put myself in some really uncomfortable and um, dangerous situations. And through all of that, all of the sleeping around and the partying and sneaking out and basically like destroying the life that was, you know, a blessing that was handed to me, I was leading worship. I was standing on my youth stage, singing songs of God's faithfulness, just like we just did, or his goodness and his worthiness. But all of that was just empty words falling off of my lips. Uh, it was just a chance to be on a stage, to be in the spotlight so that people could see me. And maybe from that, I could gain some sort of identity. So I want to play this video really quick. This is my senior year. I used to lead singing chapel for my school. Um, Well, that video makes me uncomfortable because I'm singing a song and the lyrics are, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. From beginning to the end, you deserve the glory. But in the state that I was in singing that, singing that song, I knew nothing about God. Um, Christ did not live within me. And I was pursuing things of this world that were causing me to be broken and empty and... Um, just not in a good spot. And everybody knew this about me too. This was not like a secret. Like my reputation was certainly 
tainted and tarnished. And so I kind of walked around the school like with my shoulders up and my head held high. And it, you know, people would make jokes about me behind my back and say inappropriate things about me. And I would engage in inappropriate things with people. And um, then I would go up on a stage and lead worship. And it was truly unfortunate. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna read about a story in the Bible um, that kind of connects with me um, as far as like what my testimony reflects. Um, it's in Hosea. Hosea 3, 1 through 3 says this. The Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lettuce of barley, which equals to 30 pieces of silver. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man, so I will be to you. So I'm going to break this verse down for you guys. Um, and this is basically kind of like a summary of the book of Hosea. Hosea was a man of God and a prophet that God sent on behalf of um, himself to speak to the people of Israel. Gomer was a woman of promiscuity. She was a prostitute. Um, she was jumping from man to man, trying to find her worth in something, and God calls Hosea to marry her. Can you guys imagine how like awkward that would be? Um, so Hosea marries his wife, but he realizes that she comes with a lot of baggage, even though, anybody have baggage in here? I have baggage. <laughs> even though Hosea and Gomer have a family together, and he basically gives her everything that she could ask for. Uh, she runs off to find other men. So she continues in her promiscuous ways. She runs off and tries to find other lovers. And eventually, we find Gomer at the slave block. So back in ancient Israel, they would um, sell people to be slaves, and you, they would work for you and you know do whatever you wanted them to do, and you would go and purchase that slave. Um, so we find Gomer on the slave block. She's put herself in a horrible situation, run away from her husband, and now she's being sold for 30 pieces of silver. And I can just like imagine Gomer's like shame um, after like she's married to this like man of God and basically gives up that life. Um, and now she's here, beaten and bloody, naked, standing there with her head hanging in shame. But Hosea goes to the slave block and he finds her. And despite all that she has done to betray him, he pays the full price for his bride. And I realized that I was Gomer. I was left naked and dirty and exposed for all the world to see. And I think it's safe to say that many of you also have experienced things that have put you on the slave block too. I know I'm not the only one. You hang your head in shame. You feel hopeless, unlovable, and beyond repair. I've been there too. When I was singing that song about Jesus, I was there feeling completely unlovable, um, like I was not worthy to be accepted or loved by anybody. And so like many of you, I spent my life hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ week by week, sitting through sermons and chairs like this, standing and singing songs about God, but none of it ever seemed real to me until it was. So this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God created us to be with him, to be with him in perfect relationship. But like myself and like Gomer, we're covered in sin, sin and shame because of the world that we live in and the choices that we make. 
Therefore, our sins separate us from God, and there's nothing that we can do to buy our own freedom back. So because we're separated from God, there's no chance of hope for us. But, you know, okay, anyways. (laughs) I don't want to give it away, you know. On that night that Jesus was arrested to be crucified, one of his disciples, does anybody know who who betrayed Jesus? Nice, you guys pay attention some weeks, okay. Good. (laughs) So Judas is a disciple of Jesus's, and the Pharisees are like, mad at Jesus. They're like, we got to kill this guy. He's like ruining our vibe. And so they, they kind of like, they're like, hey, Judas, hey, bro, like, what's it going to cost to like get you to sell Jesus out to us, man? So in Matthew, we actually see the cost, 30 pieces of silver. So when we look back at the original story of Gomer, who, who her price was 30 pieces of silver, and we see this parallel in Matthew about Jesus, who also the cost of his life was 30 pieces of silver. I come to the conclusion that Jesus didn't only take my spot on the slave block. He didn't just pay for me, but he, he stood in my place. Like he literally, he was like, Avery, come, come on, girl, I'm buying you, but I'm also gonna stand in your place and I'm gonna take the punishment that you deserve. And so that's what he did. He hung up on that cross and died a death that I deserved so that I could live a life that he has given to me. And the same is true for each of us tonight. You can have that same freedom tonight. I understand now what it means to worship God, not just with songs, but with my whole life. And that is the good news that you can receive tonight too. I wanna read a verse in Isaiah. 51. This is the same Israel that, um, that, we, uh, that Gomer is being compared to, this promiscuous woman. The same Israel that keeps continuously running away from God. The same Israel that I feel like I relate to. It says, the Lord comforts Zion, which is Israel. He comforts all her waste places, and he makes her wildernesses like Eden. Her deserts are like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving in the voice of a song. Guys, that is such a beautiful verse. And that is such an incredible promise that we get from our Father who's calling out to us. He's saying, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many other lovers or idols that you've had or how many sins that you've committed or how many times that you've kept messing up or doing the same things. I love you. And he's calling out to you tonight. And so if, if, if you felt unlovable in this room, can I tell you that you are loved by the King of Kings? You're not too far gone when in fact your freedom has already been purchased by Jesus on the cross. And all you have to do is say yes to him. And that yes for me was the most incredible decision I ever made. Because when I stopped, you know, I, I prayed earlier for God to give us a heart of flesh and not of stone. That, that's a scripture that's found in Ezekiel. When I turned away from feeling too cool for Jesus or feeling like um, I was too far gone or that I wasn't able to be loved by him, and I turned to him and I said, God, I have nothing left. I've spent myself then. I've got nothing else to give. That's where he met me. And if you feel like that tonight, like you're kind of at your last leg, can I encourage you that Jesus is calling out to you? And so if, if you feel like that's you, I'm gonna invite you to do something really bold and I want you to lift your hand. 
if anybody in here wants to experience the fullness of the life of Jesus Christ that I and many others in here have experienced, I invite you to lift your hand. And we're going to talk about that in small groups tonight. Um, And if you feel like you already know Jesus, um, but maybe you want to reconnect with him, Um, Maybe it's been a long time since you've dove into your Bible or maybe you haven't prayed in a long time and you just feel disconnected. Um, Maybe if that's you, would you lift your hand? Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. All right, guys. So I just want to bow our heads right now. And I just want to go to God in prayer. Um, maybe you didn't lift your hand and you, you're interested in, in what that decision to come to Christ looks like, um, to give up the old way of living and walk into freedom. I want to pray for you. Um, and if you feel like that and you didn't lift your hand, I encourage you to talk to your small group leader about that decision. It's one of the best decisions you'll ever make. So God, we come before you and we thank you for the gift of life that is in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. God, I thank you for that new life that you've given to me, God, despite my mistakes and my brokenness, God. You gave me life and you love me. And God, same for each student in here, God. If there's a student in here that is far from you, that needs to be connected with you, God, I just pray that um, you soften their hearts Um, that they're able to experience you and recognize you in this place. Um, And we thank you for being here tonight, God. We honor you. We love you. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You guys can stand and we're going to worship.